us to Mark in chapter number 9. Mark in chapter number 9. I want to speak to you on the subject this morning. Take sides with your faith. Take sides with your faith. Follow with me if you would in verse number 17. And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth and gnasheth with his teeth and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. He answereth him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. And he asked his father, How long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, Of a child. And oft times it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him, and he was as one dead, insomuch that many said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. I want to speak to you on the subject. Take sides with your faith. Heavenly Father, please, through the power of your Holy Spirit alone, can these truths be conveyed. Please help me as I preach your word and help these who hear. May they be filled with the Spirit to make application of the truth that's given. And if there's some, Lord, who have not the Spirit of God dwelling in them, they're not born again, they're not a child of God, not on their way to heaven, may this be the day they too can be saved. The old man dead, a new creature in Jesus Christ, God the Spirit living in them to guide them. Let this be the day of their salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. This story is recorded in Mark in chapter number 9, our text, and it's also recorded in Luke chapter number 9. Luke gives a a detail or two that we don't find in Mark chapter number 9, one of those being that this son that is the subject of the story was an only child. And so here's a man with an only child and and, and, and since this fellow was just a, a little fella, uh, uh, since he was of a child, verse number 21 tells us, uh, since he was a little child, he had been tormented by an evil spirit. And that spirit had control of him. That spirit uh, tied his tongue and he wasn't able uh, uh, to speak and, and uh, he could not uh, uh, communicate. The, the Bible uh, calls him a, 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 a dumb and a deaf spirit. You could talk to the boy and it was like talking to a wall. His, uh, well, the, 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 uh, uh, the audible, the sounds that came out of his mouth, they're not audible, they're not understandable. He couldn't speak and he couldn't communicate. You see, this man had a son and He loved him deeply, but he had an unspeakable heartache and he was powerless to help his son. 
You know, one of the most difficult things that a person can go through is to stand beside the bed, for example, of a loved one and to want so much to help but be completely unable to help. And this father was in a a helpless situation. The Bible tells us in verse number 17 that uh, uh, he said, I brought unto thee my son. Again, that's an only son which hath a dumb spirit. And wheresoever, wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth and gnasheth with his teeth. That word wheresoever tells us that it could happen anywhere and it could happen at any time. The word suddenly is added in Luke chapter 9 verse 39. said he suddenly cried out. So basically this man went about his life with his son. He had full custody obviously of his son who was not able to take care of him. Anywhere, at any time, all of a sudden, his son would go into just massive convulsions and foam at the mouth and gnash and, uh, and, 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 and be tormented. And I remember going to the kid as, uh, to the dentist as a little kid and, you know, you'd be numb, you had to put a feeling in or something. And, and I remember the dentist saying, now don't chew, you know, don't chew on your mouth. Don't chew on your tongue. How many of you remember the dentist ever taking this little kid? And, and how many of you didn't listen like I didn't listen? All right. And about the time that that that, that began to that, that painkiller began to wear off, you, you know why he told you don't gnash, don't gnash, don't chew, uh, don't chew on your tongue, your mouth. And and and, and this boy literally, uh, the Bible tells us he he was pining away in verse number eighteen. Uh, 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 that maybe that had something to do with the gnashing of his teeth, he's chewing on his mouth, chewing on his tongue. He was pining away, uh, given the idea that he was malnourished. Maybe he wouldn't eat, maybe he couldn't eat. This devil kept him tied in knots. It, it was a violent, violent episode. Verse 18 said that the devil teareth him. It was a violent episode. And it was frequent. The Bible, verse 22 said, is all times it happens, it had cast him into the fire. And into the waters to destroy him. And folks, let me say this. And I'll be careful. This is a tender subject. But listen. Attempts to take one's, one's own life. Oh, listen to me. Terrible. It's a selfish matter. It's a horrible sin. Murder is sin. Self-murder. Murdering someone else is an absolute sin. And let me tell you something. The old devil's filling you hell with lies if you contemplate such. The old devil's not far away. Ah! You people be better off without you. Nobody cares about you anyway. Nobody would miss you anyway. He's a liar. He's a liar. There's a God in heaven that loves you. God gives a life. God alone should take life. And so this boy, these fits will literally cause him just about to die. Maybe he, maybe out of trying to get some relief, perhaps he didn't want to, but the demonic influence was so strong in his life, it cast him into the fire and into the waters. And it was obvious an attempt to destroy him. Like all demonic attacks, these episodes were terrifying, paralyzing. How could this man go anywhere and function normally, not knowing when it would happen again, when his son would flail on the ground and convulse and gnash at the teeth and foam at the mouth? These episodes were meant to hurt this young man physically and emotionally, and it was crushing his dad's heart and his dad's soul. It was meant to exhaust him. And this man was desperate and he was indeed exhausted. They had been robbed of all hope. 
we find in verse number 18, it said, in the middle of the verse, it said, I spoke, spake to the disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. They could not. Why don't you ushers jump up real quick and help? Thank you, Greg. Appreciate that. And we have some guests. We're so glad they're here. We'll help them there. They could not. Look at me if you would. Look at me. Hey, uh, can you imagine being in a situation so violent, so desperate, uh, so uh, unpredictable that it cripples your whole life? And uh, this man was in such a position. He said, you know, these disciples, uh, he had heard about the miracles, no doubt. And he took his boy to the disciples and said, can you help my son? And even the disciples themselves could not help him. We find out later in the, in the chapter that the disciples' failure was a prayer of failure. It was a lack of prayer and fasting. But, but they finally, this man brought him to Jesus. And I want you to see again the conversation of this desperate man with a, with a deeply troubled son whom he loved. And I want you to see his mindset and his heart condition. We find here, the Bible says in verse number 21, Jesus asked the father, how long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, of a child. And oft times they cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything. There's some questions in this man's mind, isn't there? There's some doubts in this man's mind. If thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and Help us. He's already told Jesus the disciples couldn't do anything. There's no doctor that can help us. There's not even your disciples can help us. I don't know if you can do something. Would you have compassion? And Jesus retorts immediately and takes the man's own words to expose to him the condition of his heart. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe. If thou canst believe. Can I tell you something, my dear friend? Listen, uh, the if is never on God's side. The if is on our side. The, the, the doubt is not on God's side. The doubt's on our side. The power is on God's side. Uh, and the lack of uh, a confidence in God's power, that's on our side. He is able, the Bible said, to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think. God is not troubled by difficult situations. God is not troubled by our helplessness. God is not troubled by demon spirits. There's are little imps to God Almighty. And the man comes, exposes the doubts of his heart with the little word if, and Jesus retorts, if thou canst believe all things are possible to him that believeth. And then... In an incredible expression that probably many, many of us in our Christian lives have run to and claimed as our own expression, as our faith and and doubts mingle together, our fears mixed in there. And we have cried, no doubt, as this father cried in verse 24, and straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou. Mine unbelief. Lord, I believe. Help thou. Mine unbelief. In that prayer, he does two things. He makes a petition. But he does something else. He acknowledges his doubt. This is a prayer of affirmation and petition. Now, at first glance, it may seem that it's a perfectly balanced mixture 
of faith and of doubt. But I want you to see how he lands. He says, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. What he does not say is, Lord, I doubt. Help my belief. He says, Lord, I believe. So here's a man in a struggle between his doubts and fears and his faith. He has faith. He had faith to come to the disciples. He had faith to, pro- uh, to pr- uh, approach Jesus Christ. He put an if on his request. And Jesus scolded him, so, uh, uh, if you will, for it. He said, the if's not on my side. The if, sir, is on your side. I'm able to do this. If thou canst believe, all things are possible. And then in a profound expression, he lands, listen to me, he lands on the side of faith. And he said, Lord, I believe. He made a determination. He said, I choose to believe. Lord, I believe. Now help me with that other part. (laughs) Help me with that unbelief. He was conscious of his unbelief, yes. There are many admixtures of faith and doubt in the Bible. The disciples were upbraided by Jesus Christ, upbraided for their unbelief. Jesus questioned them and said, How is it that you have uh, no faith to His own disciples? Four times we have recorded in the Gospels where He says to His disciples, O ye of little faith. He's not talking to unbelievers in these Scriptures. He's talking to His, his disciples, His closest followers. In, uh, in, uh, in response, the question was asked to Jesus, Increase our faith. Jesus in another text says, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you can move mountains. He said to a woman who came, not herself an Israelite, and asked a miracle for her daughter, who was afflicted much like the man's son in the story here, and Jesus to test her faith. Said, Man, uh, uh, I've come to the house of Israel. Basically, there's no help for you here. And uh, uh, you don't need at this table, so to speak. And Testing her faith, she said, that's true, Lord, I'm not. Invited to the table, she said, but the dogs eat the crumbs from the master's table. And Jesus looked and said, oh, woman, great is thy faith. And he honored her request and healed her daughter. Another man came who himself was not an Israelite. He was a centurion. He was a Roman. And he, and he came and he had a servant that was sick and, 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 and said, uh, uh, Lord, my, my servant is sick. Would you heal him? And, and, uh, and, uh, and, and, uh, and Jesus said, well, I'll come to the house. He said, no, you don't need to come to the house. Just say the word. I, 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 I'm a soldier. I know how to, I, how to take orders. And I'm given orders to come and go. And I come and I go. And I have men under me. And I tell them to come and go. And they obey my orders. And I know if you just speak the word, Lord, it'll be done. Your word is... Uh, is, is true in what you say will happen. Just speak the word. And Jesus said of this man, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Amen. And that very hour, that man's servant was healed. Yet another passage says, if you have faith and doubt not, is it possible to have uh, such a, a faith that that admixture of doubt is completely gone. Absolutely it is. Absolutely it is. But quite frankly, listen to me, the truth is this. Most of us in this room, maybe if not all of us in this room, have an admixture of faith just like this man did. With our faith, it's not that we don't believe, but with our faith, 
our fears and with our faith, our doubts. And this man came in his prayer and he was conscious of his belief and he wanted it removed, but he made also a conscious decision. And that was to land on the side of faith. He didn't say, Lord, I doubt. Could you help me believe more? He said, Lord, I believe. Help me with that other part. Can I tell you something? Doubt will come to your life as an unwelcome guest. And it'll knock on the door. But when it does, you don't have to answer the door. You say, but I did answer the door. All right, so you doubt knocked on the door and you answered the door. Well, don't invite him in. Oh, but pastor, I did invite him in. Ah, he knocked on the door and I answered, I invited him in. All right, don't, have a, don't let him have a seat. Don't let him have a seat. Make this a standing conversation. Amen. Those are shorter. Amen. Once in a while we have staff meeting. I'm standing. And uh, here and there over here. Said, now if I'm standing, we all stand. It means a short meeting. They don't mind standing if it's going to be a short meeting. But we stand. That means we've we got to get down to business. We've got to get on out of here. And, uh, and, 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 and so if doubt, if doubt knocks on the door, hey, and you say, I, I, I shouldn't have answered the door, but I didn't. I shouldn't have invited him in. But well, don't tell him to have a seat. Don't tell him to have a seat. His pastor already did. Well, if you don't have a seat, uh, tell him uh, you got supper on and you need to finish supper or something's going to burn in the pan and say, sorry, we'll have to visit another day. You will, Pastor, I asked him to stay for supper. Well, look, don't add a guest bedroom on the house and let him be a regular customer there. Amen. What I'm saying is this. Yes, I understand to some degree we all have doubts. And some of you feel like the doubts have so encroached upon your life. You're not even sure if you believe so uh, 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 much. Uh, let me remind you what Paul wrote to Timothy. If a believer is right to believe, you should get to the place where you say, I, I, I don't believe anymore. I believe not. Yet he abideth faithful. Listen, my salvation is not based on a commitment I made to him. My salvation is based on a promise that he made to me. Commitment in the sense that I entrusted my life to Him, yes. But commitment in the sense I said, I'm going to do this for you and this for you and this for you and this for you. So as to obtain somehow His acceptance is a false salvation. Everything I do as a believer is a way of saying thank you. I'm not earning His favor. I'm trying to say thank you. And in a million lifetimes, I'll never be able to say thank you enough. I put my trust in Him and He made a promise that if I would call upon His name by faith, I would be saved. Wait a minute. If there's something I could do to change that, then His Word is no better than my character. Think about that. If there's something I could do to change the promise He made to me, then His Word is no better than my character. You can mark this down, my dear friend. Even if you uh, come to a place you say, well, I just don't believe that anymore. Yet he abideth faithful. Amen. Yeah, so what happens to a person like that? They're getting ready to go to the woodshed. That's what happens. They're getting ready to be chastised. And if you're not chastised, the Bible said, then you're not legitimate, a child of God. Oh, listen to me, my dear friend. This man was, 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 was wrestling between his fears and his doubt, but he landed on the side of doubt. May I say, dear Christian friend, may I say, uh, uh, it is an uh, uh, unsafe friend here this today. It is your responsibility. It is your responsibility and my responsibility to choose faith over our doubts. I remember uh, we went to, for years and years, a little, little, little kid... We went to Carolyn's the first Monday or one of the first Mondays after school let out. And uh, we, my dad started Christian school year. I was born in 1970. We got out about a, a week or two before the public schools did, and it wasn't real crowded. 
And so I always remember, I always remember, you know, going as a little kid, you know, and, uh, and then, uh, you know, am I tall enough, right? <laughs> am I tall enough? And, uh, and uh, can I get on the big ride, you know? And, and, and the truth is, now, now, now we, won't, we won't say this out loud, but we'll, we'll whisper it. The truth is, there were some rides we were glad we weren't tall enough. Can I get a witness there? Amen. I mean, oh, man, rats, I can't get on, you know. <laughs> and then the moment of truth came. The year our little head touched the little, the little bar. And we could get on the big ride. Oh, you know, I think I'll, I think I'll wait till later. I'll ride it later. What, you're not scared? I ain't scared, I just don't feel like it. Now, let me, what, let me tell you what faith is. Faith, listen, faith is making the right choice in spite of your fears. In spite of your doubts. Faith, listen, can, can you get to the place where you have no fear at all? Absolutely. You can get to the place where you, where you walk out on that roller coaster and, 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 and your fears are all gone. But the simple fact of the matter is, the truth is this. That first time you got on, if you if you go back in your mind, first time you got on, you thought, man, I'm going to die. And you had those fears going on inside and outside. You're like, oh, look at me. I'm on big stuff. And then you're scared to death on the inside. But what would you do? You got on it. Or maybe you didn't. <laughs> you got on it. And you got on that thing. And the worst, listen, the worst sound, I mean, the worst sound in the world. I, I, I'll have nightmares tonight. It, you, you, some of you don't find a worse. Uh, it's like a time bomb. You <laughs> go And uh, anyway, they say, "Put your hands up." What are you talking about? Put my hands up. I'm gonna hold on to everything I can. We had fears, we had doubts. Listen, but we landed on the side of faith. You understand that? We didn't, we, didn't, we didn't erase all of our doubts first. We didn't erase all of our... Listen, if you waited to erase all your doubts and all your fears before you did the right thing, you'd never get on a roller coaster your entire life. Sometimes after you have chosen faith, those doubts will come back. I don't remember which one it was. I think it was my, I think it was my middle daughter here, Olivia. I'm not sure. I'm going to tell this story the best I can. But one, one year, we, we, we went over there to uh, the Dollywood over in Pigeon Forge, and they have one they call the Cyclone. And it's got, uh, you know, several whirly gigs. And she was just that. She just got that size where her head was bumped a little thing. And you want to ride? And I said, sweetie, you want to ride this one? Oh, yeah, I'll ride it. And she just marched around. She just da, 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 got on that thing and rode that thing. And she survived. I said, was that fun? Uh-huh. <laughs> we come around later in the day. You want to ride it again? Uh-uh. <laughs> now, now, can I tell you something? The Christian life. Listen, I, I would love, I would love to be at that place if you have faith and doubt not. And that the disciples said, increase our faith. I want to get to the place where the fear of men is no longer an issue in my life. But I have to be honest with you, I still wrestle with my old flesh. 
And the fear of men is an issue in my life. And it's an issue in your life, no doubt. And I, I would love to say to the place, I have, I have no doubts whatsoever. I have no inhibitions. I have no fears. I, I wish I could say, I, I, I'm completely fearless. I'll walk up to anybody anywhere and tell them about Jesus Christ. And I'll tell you something. There are plenty of times where I'll walk up to somebody and, and tell them about Jesus Christ and little, little, little wrestling match going on in my mind. Yeah, they look pretty busy. I don't think they're going to hear what I have to say. And you know what? Let me tell you something. Faith is not... Listen, you can walk by faith with your fears. You can walk by faith with your doubts. This man came to Jesus. This man came and he said, Lord, you called me out on it. Yes, I still have some doubts. But I want you to know I believe. I believe you can. And God took that man's faith and he honored his faith and healed his son. He was conscious of his unbelief. He wanted it removed but he consciously put himself on the side of faith. You see, my friend, the main issue is not if you have doubts or not. It's what you do with them. Listen to the psalmist. What time I am afraid, I will cower in my bedroom. What time I am afraid, I will go into hiding. Psalm 56.3 What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. Miss Edna Casey was here in the Sunday school hour. When we first came to the church here in 95, there was a little 12-year-old girl that rode the, the church van. We called it the Green Lizard. And it, it it was uh, quite a sight. Anyway, but but um, some faithful folks ran ran the uh, the green lizard and the uh, uh, green van, the white van. We had a name for the white van, anyway. But little Gail Morgan got on that green van and came to Sunday school and church. She got saved through the church here. So I became the pastor and getting to know the folks and went to visit them. And I went to her home and her dad sitting in a chair and beer right there. He opened the little trailer door and sitting right here and beer on the floor beside him. He cursed and swore at me. So, Miss Gail, she kept coming. And um, I'd go by and others would go by and Tommy wouldn't have anything to do with us. He didn't want anything to do with anything. Gail grew up and she surrendered her life to the Lord and she went off to prepare to serve the Lord. And for reasons that probably I won't understand until I get to heaven and probably she won't understand until she gets to heaven, God put her through a deep, deep trial in her life. A deep trial. A heart-wrenching trial that would go on for several years. When it first happened, Mrs. Shook and I, we jumped in the vehicle and took off to meet her and to help her, to help her to get the help that she needed the best we knew how. It was so severe that her dad also came and we ended up meeting out of state. And uh, we were forced to be around her. 
Months went by, months went by, months went by. And because of Miss Gail's trial, it threw us together with her father. The man who cursed and swore, the man who didn't want anything to the church, didn't want anything to do with God's people. After many months, I got up on a Sunday morning and looked out. And Tommy was sitting on the outside aisle over here on this side. And I preached. And that invitation, Tommy Morgan stood up, came down the aisle. He said to me, he said, Preacher, I know you and your wife and this church loves my daughter. And he said, I want what y'all have. And Tommy knelt at the altar there that morning, the old auditorium right over there, and received Jesus Christ as his Savior. Had the privilege of baptizing him. Tommy lived a rough, rough life, and it cut his life short. I spoke over him when he died, but he's in heaven. He's in heaven. You know, he wants God's people. He said, they're a bunch of fakes. They're a bunch of religious hypocrites. They don't care. Then one day he saw the love of God through God's people. He began to say, you know, I think those people do care. But part of them said, no, I know some. I know some. They're hypocrites. He'd say, but you know, there's something different right here. Those people are showing love. But this guy over here, this guy which called himself a preacher, and he this and he that, and I don't want anything to do with that. But these folks sure have been good. And that day, sitting on the right side, outside seat, about five rows back, right across the aisle, right across the road, Tommy Morgan took his doubts and his faith. He said, I choose to believe. Now friends, listen to me. You have a choice. As an unsaved person, listen, if you want to criticize Christianity, there are plenty of examples to find. If you want to find hypocrites, there are plenty of hypocrites around. If you want to side with your fears and your doubts and point your finger at someone else as proof that God doesn't love you, that Jesus didn't die, that Christmas and Easter is a big hoax, that Jesus Christ is a fairy tale, you can choose your doubts if you want to. But in your heart of hearts, the fact you're here this morning, there's something beats within your breast that says there's something to this or you wouldn't be sitting here right now today. My challenge to you is this. Land on the side of Choose to believe. Doesn't mean you'll never doubt. Doesn't mean you'll have all your questions answered in an instant of time. But I tell you what, I'll change an instant of time. If you're lost without Jesus Christ, when you call on Him as your Savior, you'll be born again and you'll be a new creature in Jesus Christ. Your name will be in the book of life. Heaven will be your home. Amen. Amen. Many of you here today say, Pastor, I am saved. But I struggle with doubts and fears. You've got a choice.